sorry. Um, first speaker, uh, he's had to do a whole lot of, he was a whole lot of powerless the last few months. Um, he's, uh, he's taught me a lot about, you know, recovery from disease of addiction. Um, means a lot to me he uh he always does this first step here at the retreat and it's a honor to have him share and i'm glad he's feeling good enough to come out and share tonight and i give you jim m from columbiana ohio Gymnastic. And my uh, voice isn't all that it normally is. So if I'm unclear, if you have a hard time understanding me, go like this or stand up or otherwise let me know and I'll try to improve. Um, what Kevin's talking about is that I've had a bout of treatment for cancer over the last three months. And it has pretty much knocked me out. It's, it's really made life tough for me. Um, Thank God I got most of my hair, though. That's nice. <laughs> and, and a lot of my friends have, have been very, very supportive, and, and that's really cool, too. But I'm grateful to be able to be here. Actually, I'm grateful to be able to be anywhere, <laughs> but especially here. I think we were very, very fortunate to have been able to move here, and I want to thank Amanda and Mandy for having come and made the arrangements for us to be here. You guys stand up. And, and, and Aaron, yeah, and Aaron. Because I know if I'd tried to do it, we wouldn't hear, be here. This is my favorite event. We started this a long time ago, maybe 25, 26 years, quite a while. But actually, we've done it. We've done similar things before that, um, right back to the beginning of, yeah, sure. Right back to the beginning of NA in this, uh, in this vicinity. 
Um, when <clears throat> when I first considered um, recovery, I was in a treatment center. Um, I'm not going to talk about how I got there, but, you know, it, it was wanting to do better or to, to be well or to get well kind of round Robin's barn, you know. Um, I detoxed in a, in a lockdown uh, mental facility for insane criminals. And I was an insane criminal. Um, and I'm glad that they made detox available to me, but um, I didn't enjoy it. Um, I got to this treatment center and several things um, happened right away that that illustrated how things were going to go and changed my attitude towards life. I sat in an intake room with uh, one of the people who worked there, and that person... Uh, Asked me, said said to me, "How long have you been alcoholic?" I said, "I'm not alcoholic. I don't I don't drink every day." And he went through about a 15 minute spiel on how they only had funding for um, folks with alcohol problems, basically. So he asked me again, "How long have you been an alcoholic?" I said, "Well, maybe five years." <laughs> so the first thing the treatment center taught me to do was lie. Um, on the wall were the 12 steps, and they were the 12 steps of AA because there really was no NA to speak of in 1979. Um, here and there, there were meetings and there were people that had made a commitment and that was pretty neat. I found out about it later, but, you know, it said on the wall, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol. And our lives had become unmanageable. And they told me time and time again at the, at the, meetings, the big meetings, you know, in the halls, and, and the little meetings in with the therapist, you know, how I was going to have to admit that I had a problem before I could actually get help. But I did not believe that I was powerless over alcohol. As a matter of fact, I knew I wasn't. Uh, they said, well, 
you know, make it drugs. Make it all drugs. The drugs that you used. I didn't believe that either. I wasn't powerless over the drugs that I used. I was powerless over my need to pick them up and put them in me. I was powerless over the need to use. And so I rejected the first step, and re rejecting the first step, I essentially rejected the entire program. But I didn't want to look bad or seem uh, unruly, so I listened to what they said they wanted, and I gave them that. And I'm good at giving people what they want. Actually, I was better then than I am now. But <laughs> it took me, it took me all of the time that I was in treatment to just get an idea about what this was about. Probably the most significant thing was sitting on the floor with everybody in their fourth week uh, and being lectured to by this guy who uh, was wealthy, owned a couple treatment centers, and was right down there helping us. Really neat guy. His name was Torsky. Um, He asked us a question, where is the worst place for you to be? And people had different answers. At a party, you know, at the cop house, at a bar. And he rejected all those. He said, those are obvious, no. He said, the most dangerous place for you to be is at a doctor's office who doesn't understand the disease addiction. Because they'll prescribe to you uh, mood-affecting chemicals for most anything that they're indicated for. And generally, we folks <coughs> have a lot of maladies that they're, you know, appropriate for, or would be with general people. He said uh, in the 40s when they started his work, the work that he supported, he said they treated alcoholism because that's what they see, they saw, that's what they knew about. Um, and into the 50s and 60s, you started seeing people coming in behind drugs other than alcohol, stimulants and hallucinogens, having the same problems, exhibiting the same disease, um, 
but different drugs. And he said, we uh, expanded our ideas and thought that perhaps um, the problem was not alcoholism, but sedativism, or you know, eventually chemical dependency. Changed our language, changed our terms. He said, what we discovered over time working with you folks is that if you're addicted to one mood change in chemical, you're addicted to all of them, whether you've ever used them or not, whether you prefer them, no matter what you think. That addiction is addiction. And um, that session put the first crack in my denial. Because I'd build up this chemical hierarchy, you know, of uh, I'm, I'm this kind of a dope fiend and, and, you know, I'm different than you. I left that treatment center, I went to a halfway house, um, and I used. Um, I didn't stay clean. Nobody knew I used. Well, maybe they did. They didn't lie on. But I didn't stay clean. I like to go to the meetings where, you know, I was a young guy and they'd pat me on the head and tell me it was really cool to see somebody come around at such a low bottom. There's my friends when they relapsed died. They told their friends to go ahead and try their relapse, you know, see if they uh, really wanted it. There was one enemy, only one, between between Philadelphia and Milwaukee. And it happened to be at that treatment center where I went. Just somehow, somehow, fortunately, happened to be there. Um, I went back to it every week. Week after week after week. And it wasn't because I was working a program, it was because the people, the spirit, what was going on there was appealing to me. And I wanted what you had. And I kept coming back. I kept coming back. Until I m met my bottom. My bottom happened to me. It wasn't I guess it wasn't because I did something to make it happen. It wasn't because other people did something to make it happen. It's just that the time was right. It was day after my birthday, and I had 
uh, used a little on my birthday, and I went to the meeting. And normally I would go to the meeting a little bit late and walk in kind of in front of everybody so everybody saw me. This time I went to the meeting a little bit early and hung out in the back of the room. And I sat there and I listened as the meeting started and somebody got up like they did here tonight and read how it works. We admitted we're powerless over our addiction. And it's like I'd never heard those words before. It's like I really, really had never allowed those words to soak into me. We admitted we're powerless over our addiction. You know, I tried to be, I tried to surrender to everything else that everybody told me I should surrender to, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't believe that I was powerless over alcohol, powerless over drugs, because I wasn't. I mean, stuff down there, I could pick it up or not. If I didn't pick it up, I didn't use it, and I wasn't powerless over it. I couldn't be powerless over the chemical itself but I was powerless over my need to pick it up. And that's what our first steps is. We admit we're powerless over our addiction. Very simply, the cause of the problem, addiction. You know, it took me about nine months to believe that I had addiction. But as soon as I believed that, I didn't have to use it anymore. I could get and stay clean. And that was May the 29th of 1979, and I've been clean ever since. And this program works. Now, the first step's a whole lot more than that to me. But the important part of it in my life is admitting that I have no control over this disease. This disease is stronger than I am. The only thing I can do is not feed it, is not use, and there's a whole lot of other things that you can do to feed it too. And not do any of those things, not feed addiction, and realize that my life's unmanageable by my wonderful ideas. And I've got wonderful ideas. And I tried most of them. first step is very important to me. It's something I have to live every day. It's something that I have to embrace all the time. And 
I welcome you here. I'm welcome you to share with one another and break out into small groups, talk about the first step. Thanks, Jim. Okay, everybody break out into, uh, you know, four to six to eight people. I don't know how many people we have. We got a lot of tables around and uh, discuss the first step.